Horse Girl TV. I'm Angela Kelly. Today we're going to learn about reining. <laughs> no, not that kind. We're at John Irish Performance Horses to learn about the FEI sport of reining. Now the reining saddle, they, they like the barrel saddle, it has like a higher swell right here. Yeah. So what is what's different about you want, the reiners? You want to be able to you want to be able to move around some. You don't want to be locked in, and you don't want to like a high like a barrel saddle's got a higher. Lower cantle. You want to be uh, like in an athletic position. That's what I describe to people. And they have a fairly small horn. It's not like a roper horn. No. Thicker. No. And then the um, forks, there's really no fork either. No. That's just for the ropers that use the forks or the bulldoggers that use the uh, forks? Like the, that's for like the cowboys, cowboys that are riding that are the bucking horses. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't, I don't go there. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't get paid enough to do that. <laughs> So John, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. So tell us, how did the sport of reining develop? My understanding is it came from uh, the Spaniards and it developed out of the working ranch and needing to have your horses broke to where you can go out and use them and, and work cows with ease and you don't you can do your job without having to worry about whether your horse is going to be there with you. How has the sport changed since its induction into the FEI? It has sparked some additional interest in working towards becoming an Olympic sport. Probably the biggest difference is it's increased the awareness and popularity more worldwide than just in the U.S. So it's a true international sport yes. now, becoming a true international yes. sport. Yes. What do you What do you look for in an ideal reigning horse? Is, is confirmation important? Confirmation is important and equally as much their temperament and disposition. If mentally they're fractious and or they're not trainable, um, you're going to have that constant battle and constantly be struggling knowing that they can do it, but mentally if they don't want to give in to you and, uh, and work for you, then at the end of the day you're not going to have that really quality horse. Are the sliding stops, are they rough on the horse's hocks? When I explain it to people, it's not any different than um, you know, football, basketball player, there's, there's wear and tear and, and there's no way around that. Um, once the horse knows what you want to do and they start to get proficient at it, um, there, there may be an entire week go by where I don't stop them. So. Do people get dizzy when they first start doing spins and such? They do and it's pretty common. You have to build up an immunity to it, for lack of better words. Um, it's just part of the experience, in my opinion. Just take some... Dramamine? Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a required uniform? They, they require a Western attire. You, know, you have to have boots, jeans, long sleeve shirt, and a cowboy hat. You can wear chaps, but chaps are optional. Spurs required? Spurs are not required. Um, rarely do you see people ride without them. It de depends on the horse. Showing the rain or 
Uh, and I think we touched on it in, in riding around. On, on paper and on the surface, completing a raining pattern doesn't seem or appear to be that difficult, even to watch it. But when you have to go put it all together, the littlest thing can happen and, and just, it's amazing how fast the, the things can fall apart. You have a newfound respect for it after trying it. There you go, very good. Wow, that's fun. <laughs> it's definitely more difficult than, than what it would appear to get it all put together and have a nice solid run. We have Horse Girl Mail every episode. And Gavin from Austin writes, Dear Horse Girl, what's the most common mistake someone makes when they first get into reining? It's not necessarily a mistake. It's as much as um, it's being misinformed. Um, and one of the things that inevitably will come up when I do a lesson, uh, especially for the first time, is their, the spurs that they're using. So. A lot of people, they'll show up with a spur, not unlike this, that's got a small rowel, and they think that they're being kind to their horse. In actuality, these can be really severe. Because of the surface area, as opposed to a spur like this, the more aggressive you ride, the more it's just gonna dig into the horse, and the more irritated, and the more um, their tail's gonna get swishing around. This spur, this is one that I use pretty much every day. Um, again, a larger diameter, you know, by comparison, most people would see the two spurs and they would think that this was by far the more aggressive spur. Right. When, and in reality, again, when you look at the diameter and the number of um, points on there, it's really not. It seems like it's inevitable that I touch on the issue of spurs. The best advice I could give anyone if, is go to somebody that does it all day, every day. They're going to point you in the direction from everything, again, from your saddles to the bridle, from, from head to toe, they're going to be able to help you with what works for them on a daily basis. Well, I know you have to get back to teaching and everything, so I want to thank you very much for letting us come out. I really, I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. It's been fun. Thanks, Don. You're welcome. Don't forget to send your questions to mail at horsegirltv.com, and you could be featured on a future episode. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. This episode of Horse Girl TV has been made possible by DreamHost and Silver Spring Farm.